everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. I'm so excited today to bring you another interview. And this could be a lot of fun, a chance for us to get to know a new actress in the world of Hallmark. We're talking to Haviland Stillwell. And I'm Rachel. And Haviland, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rachel. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So uh, what we like to do is we like to give our guests an opportunity to introduce yourself and Tell us, what inspired you to become an actress? Um, well, uh, like you said, I'm Haviland Stillwell. And um, I have been an actress my whole life. I started when I was a little girl. And, um, you know, it was just always something that kind of came naturally to me. Um, I always loved storytelling and I loved doing, you know, voices. And kind of when I would tell a story about just what happened at school or something, I was, I kind of acted it out. So. It kind of was always natural, um, and my my mom um, was and is in the entertainment industry. Um, she was in the theater industry, and then also got into film and TV um, when I was, you know, I don't know, six or seven years old. Um, so again, like it was kind of the norm to me. Um, my dad is a politician, so just that kind of personality is um, is just kind of like in my blood. Um, and, and then I started to see performances, um, especially on TV and in film. I just thought, wow, that's really not only what I want to do, but what I feel like I have to do. <laughs> so it just was, um, I guess that's, you know, when you feel like not only like, oh yeah, I guess I, I guess I could do that, but it's sort of like, no, I have to do that. I have to study that. And, and, um, that's the that's the way I, I need to express myself and I feel like I can contribute to the world. Um, you know, a few of those actors were, I love Bette Midler. She was um, a real inspiration to me when I was a kid. Um, and, you know, everybody from her to, you know, I loved Drew Barrymore and I loved like people that were, you know, on TV and that kind of thing. So um, yeah, I think that's just, I think we all have a story to tell and many stories to tell. And um, it's, it's important to, I think, follow your intuition and your, your calling, I guess, whatever that may be. And that's, that's what it felt like to me, honestly. So I just sort of went with what, what felt right. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in the U.S. or Canada? I, I grew up in the U.S. I'm, yeah. I'm American. Um, I grew up in uh, Georgia, Savannah, Georgia, oh, and then moved to Atlanta when I was about 11 years old. So um so yeah, I was a Georgia girl. <laughs> yeah, that's you can. There's a pretty big movie scene there in Atlanta, in television. And, there is now, yeah, yeah. there is. Um, it's kind of gone through phases, um, but it's really exploding now. Um, it's you know like the norm for everybody to kind of go and work there now. So, uh-huh. um, so that's that's been really cool because I often get to you know, go home and see family and everything when I, when I go to work. So that's been cool. Mm-hmm. That is cool. Yeah. So, so uh, you grew up then watching a lot of, a lot of movies and things like that as a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's like an escape, you know? I mean, I think, um, I think we all go, you know, I mean, everyone sort of says like, Oh, well, what we're doing isn't, we're not saving anyone's lives. And I mean, you know, not to be too serious about you know I mean at the end of the day we're just we are just we're just uh actors you know it's not like we aren't 
saving people's lives in terms of like physically removing tumors or something like that. But I do think when I think back to like really like sad parts of when I was even a little kid or something, um, you know, I always think of various performances and TV shows and everything that I would just watch just to feel better and to feel kind of like, oh, I'm not alone or, you know, just to make me laugh to kind of get out of a, a sad mood or, you know, I, I think that that is really important. And I think people do turn to entertainment to, you know, either to kind of like feel what they're feeling or to escape a little bit from what they're feeling. So in a way it does kind of save lives. (laughs) You know what I mean? I think so. I think that's very true. I remember Roger Ebert quote where he says the movies are machine for generating empathy. And I think that's really true that it gives you a second to be to walk in somebody else's shoes uh to understand what they might be going through uh and then also to just uh and not only a realistic one but as an escape to walk in you know Frodo's shoes or walk in Harry Potter's shoes or whatever it might and uh, you know it's a different experience than reading a book because a book you kind of live in and yeah uh, for you know however long it takes you depending on the book uh where for you know a movie it's just a it's just two hour experience and see that's one thing I kind of like about film is that is that you get that 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 experience of 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 different worlds and different characters but you it's not it's just not as big a commitment as a book or as big a commitment as as a television that's for sure yeah yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and you're just seeing, you're seeing, I mean, all art is open to interpretation, you know, so you're mm-hmm. kind of seeing like that director's interpretation, the the different actor's interpretation, the writer's interpretation of, you know, kind of how to tell that particular story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love it. So I love what I do. I feel really lucky. Yeah, I will. And I, I think that if we were just a uh, society uh, that was just talking about the survival, you know, the, the bare essentials, then that's, that's not a society I want to be a part of. Like you need, I need art and like, I might not physically actually need it to literally survive, but I, I can't imagine life without art and music and, yeah, and, and all of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Very true. So Agreed. if you, if you're a huge Drew Barrymore fan, you must have, you must be a, a big rom-com fan. Watch I do like rom-coms. Yeah. I do. I, um, you know, I, ha- I don't know. I mean, she was such a, like a symbol of childhood of like, yeah. um, you know, when I was growing up, like the guest ads and like her, I don't know, just her whole style, like her nineties girl kind of style and everything. It was just so, um, kind of like she was the ultimate cool girl you know what I mean um and also just like so beautiful and so just cool I mean just like didn't didn't um kind of I guess ascribe to a lot of the rules that a lot of other young women were kind of trying to force themselves into like I've got to be like this or I've got to be like that she kind of really did what she wanted and overcame a lot of um drama and you know addiction and all this stuff that you know was going on in her childhood um so yeah I but yeah I love rom-coms um like never been kissed and like mad love which isn't really a comedy it's kind of more of a drama but 
Um, I mean, I love all of, I mean, and of course, E.T. is like the, oh my gosh, definitely not really, really again, not really a rom-com, but, and then like, I mean, Charlie's Angels, hello. (laughs) (laughs) So good. I love Ever After with her. Oh, me too. It's so good. (laughs) Angelica Houston is fantastic in that movie. You actually feel uh feel kind of bad for her at certain points which is tough to do with the evil stepmother and uh i i i love how it's like this kind of weird feminist uh version of the it's a very academic version of cinderella you know it's like the big romantic gesture as they go and study philosophy in the forest <laughs> it's like yeah it's great I, I actually, I love Angelica Houston and I found yeah. myself one night at a party and I actually played charades with Angelica Houston no um, and we were on the same team and we won. So just saying oh um, Angelica Houston can kick ass at charades. So just saying. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be able to win like a- any game of two truths and a lie with that one, I think. Nobody <laughs> would believe Yeah, it. right? <laughs> I know it was really surreal like talk about surreal like when she rolled up into that party I was like okay cool like so many iconic characters and yeah <laughs> he was super awesome like completely down to earth and normal yeah, and just yeah. beautiful and everything that is really funny. but yeah I mean that's the ultimate like I played a lot of um I've played a lot of villains like in the voiceover world and I have played a few in on camera but um that's kind of my favorite to do in a lot of ways because and I think that she's played lots of villains because I do feel like they have a really interesting story um there's always something you know there's a real reason they are you know evil or they're what what's considered to be evil or terrible or whatever because you know they've gone through you know their own struggles and you know it kind of makes them the way they are but um, yeah. so yeah, I love, I love those. I love that, that kind of tropey character. Yeah. When they announced that they were going to make a new witches movie, a, a new adaptation of the book, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, good luck with that. I mean, Angelica Houston was so iconic, at least for me as the headmistress yeah. of the witch, you know, and that, uh, that I don't know how yeah. you top that, but anyway yeah uh, she's perfect she's a perfect she's just like perfect in everything she does yeah uh yeah so yeah I noticed that you had done a lot of voice work which really excites me I am an animation fan first and then it's actually my my true love is animation and so it made me really excited because you've done like you've done a Barbie series you've done Monster High Ever After High um, just a ton of different shows that you've done voices for. And so I always like to ask uh, voice actors, you know, what, like, what's your process for coming up with a voice? Um, well, it depends a little bit on the parameters of the job. Uh-huh. So if, if it is, you know, a lot of times you'll get a breakdown. So in the break, like when, you know, when you audition for a role or when you, when the writer has basically written the series or the role, um, they'll have kind of usually like a paragraph on what that character, who they are, you know, what their background is, 
um, that you may not get just from reading the script. You know, it might have like a little bit of their backstory or kind of like the, their their mo, like what what makes them tick, what's their what's their thing, what's important to them in life, and then and then sometimes, especially in the casting process, they'll even go so far as to give references. You know, they'll say like, oh, an Emma Stone voice type or like a a Scarlett Johansson type or you know something like that um so you which I find helpful because you kind of know going in it's such a collaborative process between the writers and the studio that's animating it and then the actual animators and um and the voice actors and and we're never we're actually never all in the same room together you know so even mm-hmm. on any level from like the lowest level all the way up to like a Pixar feature you're just you're, you never have the opportunity to kind of all look each other in the eye and say like, okay, let's talk about the concept or how are we all doing this? I mean, it really requires so much communication um, between everyone, you know, and kind of also just people really sort of taking a leap and going, I don't know if this is what you guys want, but I'm just going to bring my best and, and hopefully you'll tell me if it's, you know, if I'm going off on the wrong path or whatever. Um, but my, I guess what, what would be, um, what would kind of, what would be a through line for every character and, um, you know, string out high voices, but I really do like what, what it is in life, in life that really makes them excited, what makes them anxious, what makes them angry, um, and what are the things that they love and that bring them a lot of joy. So, um, for instance, with with a villain kind of character, you know, the things that are going to bring her joy <laughs> are often things that we would consider like evil or bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's reasons for that. You can't, as an actor, you can't judge, you know, the characters you're playing. You just have to play them as honestly as possible. And hopefully that brings out not only the heart, but also the humor. Um, if it's a comedy and if it's a drama, you know, the the uh the emotion and the the drama <laughs> for lack of a better word um so I mean I think I think I just kind of go off of instinct first like after I read the script you know I'll just kind of try out some things um and then I'll go into the you know the the recording session um and basically kind of have a few ideas to start um and then usually the first few minutes and it really is only a few minutes because voiceover happens really fast um kind of work with the director and sometimes the writer's there sometimes they're not and the sound engineer and just kind of try out a few things with a few lines and see what what is what sounds best and kind of what um what really is getting to like the essence of the character so um so it really is a collaborative process but you kind of have to come in with a with an idea and then they'll, you know, and then the other people who are in the room sort of uh, direct it. It's, it's honestly not that different from on-camera acting as, as far as that. You know, you, you come in with what you're coming in with, with your ideas, and hope that you have, you know, exciting, fun people who are excited to, like, play in the sandbox, you know, mm-hmm. um, and kind of go from there. Yeah. How do you? So, yeah, and there's lots. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you're fine. I was just gonna ask, how do you do your, uh, your, how do you do your voice acting and auditions? Do you have a? Uh, I've heard some people do it and record in their closets to make good sound. 
I, I have like a little setup at home. Um, so I do that. And also at my voiceover agent's office, they also have a booth there that where they have a booth director. So um, I do it sometimes there and I, and I often do it at home as well, just because you can, you know, roll out a lot of things uh-huh. late at night or early in the morning or yeah. kind of whenever you, whenever you want to. Um, so it's not technically in my closet. I do have like a little office and the office is pretty insulated. So, um, so that's maybe mine. Yeah. We're all weird. We're all like weird and in corners and closets and (laughs) wrapped up in blankets. It's it's really voice acting is a a weird little niche of people. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. I love voice actors. I think it's amazing. I, I, I'm terrible at any kind of any I'm terrible at anything like that trying to do an imitation or anything like that and so I I don't know I just I just admire it and I think it's just I think animation in my opinion is the greatest form of movie making because it's got everything that other movies have plus it's actual art it's literally paintings that are yeah uh, it's or artwork and so I I just love it so much (laughs) and uh so yeah very neat. Okay. Uh, so I found online you in this YouTube thing, the Star Wars musical. And oh, yes. so I had to ask you about this. So you played Princess Leia, which is, has, must have been crazy. And how did you get involved in this? It's a comedy for people who haven't seen it. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit. And it, it was really funny. I really enjoyed it. How did you get involved in all of that? Thanks. And there's actually a sequel coming out too, which I'm super excited about. Um, I got involved with it. um, uh, One of the producers um, who did all of the music for it, um, he kind of was like the guy did the concept. uh, I mean, he literally put together all the music and, um, you know, did all of that. He is is someone who's hired me for, um, for concert work and recording work as a singer. Um, so he's, he's, he knew me from multiple jobs that we had done and basically said, you know, he's a huge Star Wars fan. Um, and some of his other brilliant creative colleagues wanted to do it. Um, and so, you know, they basically put together their cast of people who they felt, you know, could nail it. So, um, so yeah, it was so fun playing Princess Leia. I love that character. I love Carrie Fisher, like mm-hmm. idolize, worship Carrie Fisher. Um, so that was really amazing. Um, and then the, the sequel goes into more of, because the first Star Wars musical, um, as you saw, kind of really just deals with, well, I mean, it deals with um, episode four of Star Wars, but it also kind of gets into like the parody of when Disney had first bought the Star Wars you know, franchise. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like randomly like Snow White is in there and like randomly Cinderella. Wow. Like it's kind of it's funny. Um so yeah, I had I had a great time with that. That was that was I mean I I feel really lucky to have done some so many projects. Um and it's it's always interesting in interviews because there's there's it's usually like there's something I'm there to kind of promote or to talk about or that somebody's excited about. But then it's, there's always something like that, that someone's like, oh my God, I have to ask you about this thing you did. And you're like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad you liked it. It's very fun. It was fun. It kind of had, the music had sort of an Alan Menken sort of style to it, sort of a, a renaissance. Yeah. 
uh, Disney Renaissance kind of feel to it. As they did a good job with that. So I'm looking forward to it. When yes. you said it's this fall, the new one? Um, I think so. I, I haven't gotten the exact release date on it, but, um, but it is coming out soon. So, cool. and I'll be sure to blast it all over my social media when it, when the, when the time comes. Okay, great. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, so you had a small role in your first role for Hallmark was a small role in the beach house. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. The beach house, um, with Minka Kelly and Chad Michael Murray and, right. um, so, so fun. Yeah. I mean, literally like such, it ended up being like, I think I'm on screen for maybe three seconds of the movie. It's so fast. Right. Um, you know, you never know when you, when you go in for a job, like what something's going to be. Um, and it was kind of a last minute thing. Um, it was like the day before I got cast in it. So uh -huh. it was, um, very last minute, but, um, you know, Hallmark movies are so, iconic and they speak to so many I mean people just love them there's such a great yeah. fan base that um I love hard I love fans I love like hardcore fans of anything because I just my favorite kind of people are enthusiastic people mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're enthusiastic about something that's just like a feel-good kind of a thing like how can how can everyone not love you you know like like it's a Hallmark movie just everything's positive and happy and it all works out in the end, you know? Yeah. And I feel like with Hallmark, for the most part, you get the pluses of fandom without the, a lot of the negatives of, you know, people being kind of toxic and mean and whatever and gatekeepers and stuff. There's, it, it can happen in any group. Uh, but for the most part, the Hardys and the Hallmarkies are, are pretty, pretty sweet and pretty kind and uh and right you know i feel like they kind of know what they like and they know it's kind of silly and so they just embrace it and have fun with it and i appreciate that and because even the disney fans can get a little sometimes a little much <laughs> I mean, like calm down it's just, i mean everybody can everyone can a little bit yeah, you know but yeah. but yeah i agree i mean my my experience with um with like with hallmark fans is that it's usually just it's people that just, yeah, it's, you know what you're getting into, you know, you know, you're not watching like an Oscar nominated film, right? right like yeah. it is, it's, it's like, it's fun and it's cute and everyone's going to be like, and, and there's going to be some drama, but it's going to end up, everything's going to be okay. And like, honestly, that's in the two now that I've done, um, the beach house and this one coming up, love to the rescue. Yeah. Um, they, they both, they both were like that on set you know everybody's positive and happy and you know having a good time and knowing like we're doing a hallmark movie this is fun you know and mm -hmm. that's um that that in and of itself is is good too because you know all sets can be different and sometimes you know they're more stressful than other sets and I just I my experience on Hallmark has been that it's just it's a very positive group of actors and mm -hmm. you know everybody's there to to just have a good time and make something cute and fun and feel good yeah and that's nice yeah i've never heard anything except for the fact that it's it is uh you know a, a tight time frame other than that everybody i've talked to has just had such positive experiences which makes me happy uh, especially yeah. in this, this age of the you know me too and everything like that where people have these horrible experiences it's it's nice to see that 
you know, knock on wood that so far uh, it seems like it's been pretty, pretty positive uh, for uh, the people I've talked with, with, with Hallmark. So that makes me happy. And yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Santa Jaws. So I, give you some backstory as far as my kind of experience. I, I made a goal last year that I was going to watch every single Christmas movie that I could. Wow. And yes. That's, a, that's really, that is a really intense goal. <laughs> yeah. And so I ended up watching 85 Christmas movies. And the thing that, that I know it's, it's insane, but the thing that makes, I think a goal like this really fun is that it pushes you out of your comfort zone to watch things that you wouldn't normally watch because it's your goal and you want to you know you want to you want to watch all of them and and I so I found this you know I'm doing my research we did our preview and I put Santa Jaws on the preview and everybody just about died laughing and we were like what is this you know what on earth and so I I went into it expecting something like Sharknado, which aren't my favorite because I feel like right. I feel like the Sharknado movies are trying too hard to be a B movie, and like a good B movie to me has like people aren't trying to make a B movie in a in a true B movie, a true like something like The Room is often cited, uh, like he was absolutely trying to make a masterpiece and that's why it's so enjoyable to watch because it's just right so and anyway so that's why i don't really like the sharknado movies because i just feel like it's a little too calculated in its right goofiness if that makes sense and so i that's why i was expecting going into watching something named santa jaws you know it sounds ridiculous and and uh so i I turn it on and i i I was pleasantly surprised by what I found because yes, there's definitely parts that, that are ridiculous, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but I liked, I, it had, it, I thought it was way more creative than I expected. And I definitely think it's a lot better than Sharknado movies because uh, I liked the whole idea that, that, that he had drawn these comics and that then, you know, he's, angry at his family and everything and then all of a sudden his creation comes to life and all of a sudden is the thing haunting people but that was clever that was smart and um and you know it's really just it's kind of a parody of you know these uh these kind of suspense movies and i walked away having actually really enjoyed it and had a good time and it was refreshing because i'd seen so many of the Hallmark and Lifetime variety, it was refreshing to have something different that was so different in feel and tone and everything. And, and, uh, I, I, I don't know, it was just, a, it was just surprising in every way. And I, I kind of wanted to talk to you about the, in the movie, what was kind of the goal of the movie? Was it to make a, a Sharknado type movie or was it a goal to like, what was your kind of, what was it what was it like kind of making the movie and the tone kind of on set and everything like that? That makes sense. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Um, well, so I got the offer to do the movie and, um, and I, I had not auditioned for it. So I was excited because it's just lovely not to have to, to go through that process. Um, but I basically, you know, I, I mean, I got this, this call and my agent said, you know, they're doing this movie and it's, it's a, um, a comedy and it's a Christmas movie. I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, and he said, yeah, just, just take a look. I mean, I didn't even know the name of it. He said, take the look, take a look at the script and, you know, see what you think and take a read or whatever. So like, oh, okay. You know, so I, I open my laptop. I, I open up the PDF and it's the title page says Santa Jaws. And I laughed out loud legitimately. Yeah. Like, I'm like, you were, oh my God. Okay. I like pretty much I'm in based off the title alone, but like, let me make <laughs> sure that it's not like, you know, a terrible character or like something that like, I don't want to do. It's like, you know, I mean, I, I'll do a lot of things, but it's like, okay, like is the character, you know, I mean, there's a few things that I, that I definitely sure. won't do. So let me, you know, let me just take a read. You don't want to so do I take a read on or something. <laughs> well, exactly. I was like, what is this? You know? Right. Um, so I read it and I just thought it was so funny yeah. and it had such a, um, it, there's, I, I, I'm a, I love Christmas movies, but I really love this one because it's a horror movie, but it's so funny. And like my, I mean, probably my favorite horror movie of all time is probably Scream. I love the Scream franchise because mm-hmm. I think it is actually kind of scary, but you always, you laugh when you're like, I remember seeing like, um, scream like in in you know with like a big group of people and I remember us like laughing like we would scream and then we would all crack up laughing because it was so silly you know and it's like I love that genre like I I love that genre of film that it's like no you're not taking it that seriously it's not a psychological I mean I love psychological thrillers like love 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 one (laughs) love them but um but like you know it's it's funny at the end of the day so I think the tone on set was that we were making a comedy. Um, that being said, everyone in it are great actors. And I think we were all really playing the scenes, um, you know, within our, within the truth of our characters, but there was definitely an edge of like, okay, we're not, we're not doing a drama. This is a comedy. Um, you know, there's a lot of special effects that are, you know, that we had to deal with, obviously, like, you know, we all had scenes with a shark that wasn't actually there when we were shooting it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're kind of dealing with that too of like, how do I do a scene? How do I, how am I doing this scene? And you really have to work with the director who is amazing. Um, Misty Tally, who actually was the, was the first direct female director to direct a film for sci-fi for the oh. sci-fi channel. Um, so she's just a total badass and, um, is actually like an expert now at making shark movies, which is hilarious. Um, and, uh, you know, so the crew was so fun and so great and everyone kind of had an, everyone had a great sense of humor about, you know, look like we're, we're taking it seriously to the point of, you know, we're all professionals and we're all trained and we, we all do this for a living, but also we're making like a silly movie and it's going to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, I think that's what kind of works about it. And I, and I, I think from your assessment, I think you're spot on. And I think you got out of it what, what we were all hoping everybody would get out of it, which is, you know, it's a silly, fun, feel good movie. And it's supposed to be one that you can watch it with your kids. You can watch it with your nieces and nephews. And, you know, there isn't anything, like you said, pornographic in it. There's nothing like, I mean, even the jokes of like Georgia, my character, I mean, it's legitimately like Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. And I'm like running around in heels and like short shorts and a bikini top. And it's like, it's Christmas Eve. Like, yes, we're in the South, but also come on. Like, that's such a trope of 
horror movies of like the blonde girl in a bikini that's like we just you know and and I and I said that to the director and I'm like you know I'm all about equal rights and I'm very much involved in the you know I the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement and I I want to champion women so and she's like absolutely we're definitely not going to make this like an like an exploitation we're going to make this a comment on the fact that they always have this character in a horror movie you know um so you know so there's that kind of like wink wink at the audience a little bit of like we're all in on the joke Mm -hmm. you know like you're not laughing at us because we are the joke like it's a joke that everybody's in on it's like an inside outside joke does that make sense yeah well and they had so much flexibility within the story because it's all coming from a teenage boy's comic you know right and so which is ridiculous in and of itself like everyone everyone when they were a teenager is ridiculous so it's like it's already ridiculous yeah and but you you've got a little tiny bit of heart i think in there because you know he's he's frustrated and you know coming of age stories just always have a teeny bit of heart you know in there and with all the laughs and with all the i just appreciated that when you watch something i always try to watch something for did they succeed in doing what they're trying to do right because you could say Mm -hmm. that like i don't know some you could you could say oh well what about this how could i give some oscar bait movie a lower score than something called santa jaws you know just theoretically and the thing is is that oscar bait movie is trying to do a particular kind of thing and maybe i don't think they succeeded at doing what they're trying to do they you know they didn't get the emotion they wanted they didn't get the whatever and uh and so technically i think it's a failure even if it's made better than some other you know than a hallmark movie because i get tons of flack for that like how can you give you you judge these hallmark movies uh, give them a pass when and then you're so tough on something like first man which i i didn't really like that much and uh and i think that first man wasn't successful in doing what it was trying to do in my opinion i i think right. you know whereas like some of these homework movies are successful in doing what they're trying to do and and so i watched this and i was like you know what this is a group of people that are really trying to put out the best thing that they can put out when given maybe a pretty tough pretty weird you know kind of thing and you could just easily phone it in like uh you know so many bad parody movies and so many other things and so these are people that actually tried to come up with this interesting with this story of this kid writing you know making his comics and i felt like this was a lot better than i expected it to be for sure and i just enjoyed it i think you're right i think it's funny i think it plays up on some of those tropes of horror movies shark movies and even maybe even coming of age movies a little bit and uh i think uh i think it was pretty good and i hope they do a santa jaws too i think we need another one next year oh my god me too yeah me too so the movie is opening in theaters internationally no and (laughs) yeah so it's it's like a it's uh we're all going to be really famous in japan evidently (laughs) um Um, so, but yeah, I mean, this is one of those things that, um, I always feel like, especially now, my God, 
fans really have so much power now because of social media uh-huh. um, that, you know, yeah, back in the day, like people would like write into networks and that sort of thing. But like, because of the immediacy of how respond, how responsive people are able to be on various like social platforms, um, it really does get back to the executives. I mean, people sci-fi looks at all that you know the producers look at all that so when there's a whole bunch of people saying you know we want there to be a sequel or we want to see more of this actor what what have you it really does make a huge difference so um you know I always just say that you know for people listening to this if you guys (laughs) if you guys are passionate about Santa Jaws 2 becoming a real thing By all means, tweet at me and tweet at, you know, Josh at Sci-Fi and all of the various people um, involved with it and say, you know, you need, you need more yes. for, you know, Christmas 2019 or whatever. You have heard it, that, heard it here. Let's start a movement. It'll be great. If we could have yes. four Wedding March movies, we should be able to have two Santa Jaws. As far as I'm concerned. I mean, there were like 19 Sharknado movies. That's right. So. Uh, well, well, let's talk a little bit about your upcoming Hallmark movie. This is our first yes. real introduction to you in the Hallmark world. And we're really excited about yes. Love to the Rescue. And you have Nikki Deloach, Michael Rady. They're they're wonderful. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And they were so fun to work with. Like really, really fun people. And they have such great chemistry. And um, you know, I just I think it's gonna be they were really fun to work with and just to watch. Yeah. You know. Well, and the director, Stephen Monroe, he's a veteran, Hallmark veteran. He's 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 great. That must have been fun. Yeah, he's he's so fun and he's, he's great. He's super funny. Um, and you know, you have to be really fast to do, like you mentioned before the tight time frame, And it, it's true. I mean, it happened that it happens that way with so many movies now, just because of budgets getting cut, I guess, and people just trying to like crank things out really fast. But you know, when you only have like 10 or 15 days to make a movie, it's just really intense. I mean, everyone's really you know cranking it out and it really demands everyone to be at the top of their game um not just actors I mean everyone everyone on set so Mm -hmm. um so that's it's always challenging to do short shoots like that but also you really see what people are made of and and just how good people are because you have to just be so efficient with your time and and your talent you know yeah I know it's impressive and they're able to just I mean, most of the time it's just one or two takes on a lot of these, correct? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, just, you know, even with, um, and on this one, because there were so many children in it and the two of the main characters are kids, you know, there's child labor laws, so they can only right. work a certain number of hours. Um, so also that requires, um, Steven and everybody else to be really, um, specific and kind of calculated with their scheduling and how they're doing things because you know when it's when that that timeline you know when the time limit is up it's up for the day the kids got to go home so um so yeah you're you're often in sort of a battle with that and a battle with light you know when the light's going down and all of that so um so it's, it's always really like as an actor it's always interesting to me to watch you know sort of how 
people combat that and how people, you know, I guess, tackle those, those issues. But, um, but, you know, my experience was very positive. Everyone was great. And I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really popular movie, um, particularly with people who really are animal lovers and are, you know, fans of adoption. And um, I just, I have so many people in my life who are really passionate about that. Um, and, and I think there really haven't been that many movies where they deal with like, you know, pet adoption and um, animal rescues and that kind of thing. So, so I, I think it's kind of a a nice intersection of, of, you know, a, a really sweet kind of classic Hallmark type love story, but also with the element of, you know, animal lovers too. So yeah. Well, I'm really excited because I got to interview uh, the writer, Sarah Montana, and that'll mm-hmm. be coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks. It, it'll be the Monday interview before the movie, but she is very impressive, I thought. And I I, I think this is her first project for Hallmark. And I, I think we can expect very good things from her in the future. And, and it made me really excited for the movie. I think it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm always fan of a, a fan of a great female writer and, yeah. you know, people getting, you know, women getting their voices heard. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'd be surprised at how many, sto- how many stories that are about women, um, don't have female writers. So, right. um, and yeah. even though this is about both of them, but, you know, several of the females in the, in the, um, you know, have kind of a little more nuanced storylines. Um, you know, I think, I think often women are sort of, it is a little bit tropish and not a great way about like, okay, this is the home wrecker role, or this is the, Mm -hmm. you know, the bitch or the CEO who's mean to everybody because she's a boss or, you know, and in this one, there, there is a little more nuance to, um, to all of the females in it, which I think is, uh, I'm sure it's in large part due to the fact that a female wrote it, you know, not that males yeah. can't write women. I'm not saying that by any means, but you know, you can kind of tell, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've seen a million movies at this point, you know, you can kind of tell sometimes when something's like, mm, I feel like a woman wrote that. Like that yeah. just seems like it's a little more nuanced. Yeah. So yeah, I think so yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'd like to end our interviews with what we call the team beat questions and they're questions that Amber <laughs> found in an old, uh, an old issue of team beat. And they're just yeah. questions. So <laughs> here we go. All right. Love it. What is the best ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Oh, yeah. You can put anything on it. It is yeah. classic. Yeah. Straight up vanilla. <laughs> okay, good. All right. What's your favorite color? Purple. I too. You're nailing it right Yay! now. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, what music are you listening to right now? Are you into? Oh, I really like Halsey. Um, I'm having a Halsey moment right now. Oh. And also the soundtrack to the Americans, which is mostly oh. 80s music. Okay. Um, yeah, it's really, I, would, I love the Americans. Great series. Cool. Good. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, what is your go-to date night food? Hmm. Probably. I mean, I'm a big fan of popcorn. Um, I also really like 
don't know. I would, yeah, I'm going to say, po- I'm going to, I'm just going to go yeah. with like straight up popcorn, like have a popcorn night. Yeah. You got to have the butter and yeah, I love a good thing. Of popcorn. You put, I mean, how, however you want it, Rachel, <laughs> the thing, yeah. like, That's right. you know, make it to make it to your pleasure. That's right. <laughs> All right. What is your go-to date night activity out and about to do? Um, I love movies and I love roller skating. Oh. So roller skating is a fun um, activity. Um, and I mean, anything on the beach is great. So anything on sand, in the ocean, all of that is thumbs up. Well, maybe they'll have to tap you if they would do the Xanadu remake. <laughs> 1,000%. I've been saying it for years. Yeah. One thousand percent. I want. I want to do the Xanadu yeah. remake. I, I mean, mean, let's get that trending immediately because I've been, <laughs> I've been yes. literally saying it for years. Like it's. I put it on my Instagram story like about once a month. I'll be uh-huh. like, here I am roller skating again, ready to do Xanadu. Like, <laughs> no, it really makes sense because you can sing. You yeah, it's not a roller. It skate. makes total sense. You have you're saying hair. all the truth. Yeah. And you look enough like Livy Noon John to Well, thank you. Play That's the a, role. I mean, she's a goddess. I mean, <laughs> so she's a goddess. I mean, yeah. Well, let's let's also make that happen. <laughs> I would love let's to do also that make that. I am one thousand percent down, ready to go shoot it right now. Okay. My roller skates live in my car so that I can roller skate at any moment. Yeah. So I'm ready. Yeah. All I'm right, totally ready. Good. Let's let's get to work all Markies. All right. So dogs or cats? Dogs. Okay, I have good. two of them. Yeah. What kind yeah. of dogs do you have? I have a Maltese and I have a Chihuahua. They're oh. both tiny and white and really cute. That's they awesome. each weigh about four pounds. <laughs> that is really cute. It's like you're, you're a, what is it in legally, legally blonde? Yeah, uh, I know. Browser, I know. Browser, what. Browser, I think it's Bowser. Yeah. Their They're, names are, mine are named Fanny and Boss. Yeah. Cute. Oh, I like that, Franny. Um, okay, beaches or mountains? Beaches. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, would you rather be in a fancy dress or sweats? Probably sweats, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what is your favorite holiday? Um, Christmas. Yeah. Love Christmas. It's tough to beat Christmas. It really is. Yeah. So. Yeah. Last question, and you can pick your own. We won't judge. What is your favorite Hallmark movie? I mean, I'm going to say Love to the Rescue. (laughs) Very good. Even though I haven't seen it, I'm just saying I already feel like it's going to be my favorite. Yeah. Well, we're really excited for it. It's going to be really good. And so thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It was so much fun to get to know you. And where can people find you online, social media, and all that fun stuff? Um, you can definitely check out my website, which is HavilandStillwell.com, which has links to everything you need. Um, but also Instagram at Haviland, spelled like Haviland is like Disneyland or Dollywood. It's just H-A-V-I-L-A-N-D. So you can find me Instagram at Haviland. Twitter at Miss Haviland, M-I-S-S Haviland, and um, Facebook is just my name, Haviland Stillwell. So um, yeah, find me. Let's talk. I love, love interacting with fans. And like I said, I love enthusiastic people. So 
Talk Great. to me. Well, we'll have all that in the description section. You guys can check that out if you're uh, if you're listening. And uh, if you can follow the podcast all over social media, Hallmarkies Pod, we really appreciate that. And if you want, yeah. if you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews. And if you're listening on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and a subscription. We really appreciate that. And I, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews all over social media and on iTunes and YouTube. Really appreciate you checking that out. So thanks again. Have a, this was a lot of fun and we'll definitely, we'll have to talk, uh, talk again, uh, another time. Yes. Let's do it. All Anytime. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. All right, thanks, Rachel. Bye.